0: This podcast could potentially have adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly the possibility of sexual content. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hello, Drinking With Authors fans. We have some pretty big news from your host here, Erica Lance. We are moving to change the format of the show to be one episode. So there's a few episodes that record the old way that we're doing the new way. And that's what you're listening to. So thank you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And we love having you as fans. On to the show. Welcome to Drinking With Author. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is the awesome, we'll see how well behaved she is, Valerie Willis.
2: And okay. our guest
1: today is Bryn Baranel. Baroneau. I said it correctly. <laughs> yes that's it. That's it so nice second. to be here yes. nice to meet you guys it's very nice to meet you the words is are coming out of your mouth and you stop and you think about it and it goes completely left that's right mm-hmm. but okay let's talk about what we're drinking um so i went to a friend of mine's in pennsylvania wow i'm not even sure these words are coming out and haven't started drinking and they have a place called the heritage wine cellars oh and this is called half and half it's half um of the white wine and 50% of their Concord grape wine. Now, something I learned that's fun is if you go to buy this wine up in Pennsylvania, which is the only place you can get it, the um, winery, which I went there, was very fun and they have a bunch of different flavors, but, and they're not paying me to say this, but if you go to the giant grocery store, this bottle is (sighs) $7.99. Drink it cold. That's all I have to say for myself. It is not that cheap at the winery, by the way. Somehow Giant got some ridiculous deal with them. So I went and tasted, got a couple of fun wines that I'll have later in the year because they're kind of Christmassy. And then I went to Giant and bought an entire case. By the way, you can only buy four bottles per person per visit. Be aware of that also. Welcome to Pennsylvania is a prohibition state. In case anyone's wondering, literally all of the liquor is run by the government. Okay, we've all learned something new. Now, Val, what are you drinking in your very (laughs) pink bottle? Well, it's it's the same brand as the mango one. So pretty. So pretty.
2: Sweet bitch. Moscato Rose. So it's in my mason jar. It's kind of pinkish. Do you know what Moscato is? It's a dessert wine, I think.
1: Sure. <laughs> sure.
2: I, the, I, I know that I like most Moscatos because they're so sweet.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's going to end badly. Continue drinking out of your mason. Jarbrin, what are you joining us? Oh, man. Today? I'm
0: like embarrassed now because I have like the bougiest of bougie drinks here with me. But I was saving it for a special occasion. And this is a special yeah. occasion. So yeah. well, I'm breaking it out. I'm normally a wine person I actually hate beer but the one thing I will drink I do love a cider yes. um and so I have it's actually a cider mead it's Ooh. apple and honey yeah oh. it's St. Ambrose draft mead and it's got apple and honey and cinnamon and I gotta say it's pretty delicious um, that is a very large bottle of mead you're it is. I It is. I mean, I also had pasta for dinner, so I, like, carved up in advance. So Because
1: okay. <laughs> I'm a big fan of mead. Love mead. But I also go, look, I brought some mead to the basket. <laughs> this is definitely more cider
0: than mead. I don't know. It feels... It's ready. Right, That's all I right know. now Who knows where this in an hour. All I know is that it's really yummy right now. So we'll see like how I'm doing 45 minutes from now.
1: Oh my God. I love first of all all of that. So yep. I also learned on a podcast recently that you can make um mead with honey and like blackberries and stuff like that. One of the guests was on the podcast, right. which I'm setting up beehives in my that part of my property so up here. I'm very excited because I was like, what am I going to do with all that honey? Now I know what I'm going to do with black all that meat.
0: I mean, I only do like the fruity beers and ciders. That's the only kind. And blackberry meat sounds delicious.
1: Doesn't it? Blackberries yeah, is one of my favorite. Like mm-hmm. I buy blackberries all the time and my I'll put them on things. Like I'll serve pancakes and put blackberries. And my boyfriend is like, this is not a pancake fruit. And I'm like, it is now, bitch. Eat it. Yes, it is. Blackberries for everybody. Yeah. He wants strawberries, whatever, boring apples. Blackberries um, are better. Blackberries are way better. Are better. Okay. So since we've already tangented, to did, um, let's talk about what you write. And I think this is really interesting because your beautiful birds of paradise in the background blend in <clears throat> this question. So well done. Okay. Well done if you okay. did that on purpose. If not, well done and say you did it on purpose. What do you write? Um,
0: I write historical fiction, but there's a particular bent to my historical fiction, at least what I've written so far. Um, I my husband is from Rio de Janeiro, and I lived in Brazil for 14 years. And so I currently am back in my hometown of Atlanta, but when I started writing, I was still living in Brazil, and the book that came out, Jaguars Another Game, I started writing. Because publishing is so slow, honestly, like in 2017, when I was in Brazil. So my historical fiction focuses on unknown places and times and history, specifically in Brazil. Um, Because when I was in Brazil, I kept learning all this amazing history. And I mean, I got a college degree in international relations, I studied a lot of geography and a lot of history from all over the world. But Brazil was like, this black hole, like I knew nothing, this void, like other than, and I think that's true for most Americans, like what Pele? And maybe you've been to a Brazilian barbecue somewhere in the US. Like, and that's I, pretty I much I was
1: very fortunate because the last real job I had, I should say, day job I had, I had a team in Brazil. Okay, in El exception. Yeah, yeah. So I I did have the opportunity now, nowhere near as immersive as you, but I did have the opportunity to get to know some of their customs and some of their history. Did you get to travel there? No, because um, when they came on board, the pandemic struck. And of course, um, unfortunately, Brazil, I think, was one of the places too, which a lot of people don't realize that it was horrible because there's so much stuff happening with the government Mm and um, trying to like do this, like look good thing, yet... Mm -hmm continuously putting millions of people into risk situations and mm-hmm. like the the covid numbers were just like very similar to india like in italy and stuff like through the roof and it's similar to a- the united states honestly i mean yeah. very
0: similar things were happening in brazil and in the united states at the same time yeah um, so so you were- have governors against the federal government like the line being spewed by the federal government and governors saying something else and there's no like cohesive national, like unifying cry, you know, cry to get everyone on the same page. Um, but Why numbers and
1: do I we
0: don't do know. That? Um, um, but yes, there were some cities, like particularly Manaus um, and some other cities in Brazil, were hit very, very, very hard. Um,
1: but know. so I mean,
0: my I write to try and bring Brazil or onto radar the radar of radar, Americans yeah. and other Western readers. Um, I love
1: that because I think historical fiction, which I'm not a Jane Austen fan. I'm just, I don't know. okay. Um, <laughs> I like historical you can like fiction. books and dislike Jane Austen. It's okay. Yeah. No. Here's my thing: is I like um, movement. I like action, and I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of times historical fiction, unfortunately, is like we're gonna go have a tea sandwich and like take a little oh. And i'm like why are we taking a reading breather? The wrong historical fiction
2: like
0: well i they have to it, take like, a breather from all those strong emotions they're feeling <laughs> <like. laughs> <laughs> i have to go take it i have to go rest um, and recover even from though the restrained been passion been
2: big advocate of fantasy like but some of my reading my reading falls into historical fiction a lot of times so uh you know, I'm a big fan of James Clavell and all the Shogun and the Taipan mm-hmm. and the Gaijin and all that, you know, and then the uh, Elizabeth Costava did a wonderful piece of, you know, old, old Budapest with mm-hmm. uh, vampires and the historical oh, aspects of Vlad cool. the Tepes. So, yeah. and it's always fun because historical fiction does something that a history book can't do. And you guys plug us readers into the character, and we relive the moment as a fictional character, an embodiment of a historical figure. And it's always so cool to see how that unfolds. Did you pay her for that shit? I did not, but I swear I I want to thank her
0: profusely because that just like spoke to my heart. I mean, that is it. Like I totally, (laughs) I, I mean, I am absolutely of the mind that I have read many amazing world war ii historical fiction um where there's a woman from behind in soft focus with a chicly tilted hat um and they they're amazing and they teach a lot but they start to blend into each other and i think it's a missed opportunity we don't have historical fiction set in other times because the amazing thing about historical fiction is it does teach you while entertaining you like it can teach you like real stuff about history that is boring in social studies class um but my book it's a gender flipped three musketeers and by the time you're done you will have learned something true about brazilian history you will have a great time and you will learn something and yeah that's the whole reason i do musketeers
1: so (laughs) big fan actually have a cosplay of three musketeers gender bent
0: awesome because they're so much fun right because they're amazing
1: but what was fun about the three musketeers cosplay which i did at dragon con just for the record was um people don't know who the fuck you are unless all three of you are standing together (laughs) they don't get it even with the fleur-de-lis and the whole and the when they see the three of us they're like oh three Musketeers." musketeers one of us they're like are you like a pirate and i'm like I was I was Porthos, of course. Just a very but, uh, fancy pirate without the other two. Yeah, Just a very super fancy,
2: super fancy fuck pirate. pirate,
1: right? Um, okay, so is this your first book?
0: It is. Jaguars, Another Game is my debut.
1: Okay, so let's go back. We Scooby-Doo mm-hmm. back in time. Let's Scooby-Doo. Here we go. Um, what? You're, you're in Brazil. Yes. You're married. I... First of all, it's just a Latin love story that's playing out in my mind. So continue. <laughs> I'm going to continue on. That's where I'm at. Um, I,
0: I I well, so I, we met in Washington DC, and he just swept me off my feet. And I moved to Rio as soon as I finished my masters, oh
1: and my that was it. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm already in yeah. love with this story. Already in love. But you um you go to Brazil, and you're <laughs> like, um, you know what I'm going to do. Or write a historical fiction okay so how did we get there because we didn't arrive. Um, we didn't start there so. we no 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 we did not
0: and like we did not start thinking I would be a writer like I was always a reader and I think for so many reasons like oh I grew up reading even if you didn't necessarily write I grew up reading all the time but like saying I wanted to be a writer it was kind of for me like saying I want to be an actress like nobody actually is that thing it makes money like as their job like it just seemed like a crazy idea like because I was very type a it was like no I'm gonna go get a master's degree and then I'm gonna have you know a fancy job and then I moved to Brazil and culture shock is real people like and I did not know any Portuguese when I moved there I did not that was not the language I took brave soul I took French my handsome is real my husband is really really hot so that helped. That got me there. I was <laughs> like, I can learn the language. I You're like the guy I will overcome like, I anything. The lang- yeah, I can <laughs> learn the language later. Um, so I did not know any Portuguese. Culture shock is real. Um, I did not have a job. I did not know anyone other than my husband. And I started processing by blogging, by writing. And that turned into some more pretty serious creative nonfiction. And that's oh. how I got started writing. And
1: what did you blog about then
0: (laughs) I blogged about a culture shock funny experiences it was very like at the time, I wanted to be Bill Bryson, because he writes about his travels like I was going to be a travel writer I was going to write you know funny self deprecating humor experiences outside your own country and your own culture. Um, and that really helped me find my voice, which is humorous. Like I always try to have a laugh out loud moment when I'm writing, like I want the reader to laugh out loud. Um, and then eventually as my confidence grew in writing and I sort of found my voice, um, I started, um, teaching, I was teaching high school. Um, I had my daughter and, I sound. I found I wanted an escape. Like I got tired of writing about the struggles of like parenting an infant and parenting an infant, you know, abroad with no family. I was like, that is that is that shit is too real, and I am living it. I don't want to be writing about it. So I'm gonna try fiction. I'm gonna try and get a little escape, and and that's when I led and I started. I drafted my first novel and revised it. Jaguars is not the first novel I wrote.
1: It's the third. Oh so what are the other two Uh, inquiring minds want to
0: know They will never see the light of day they will live on my computer it doesn't Um, matter
1: we still want to know what they are one One, um
0: one was actually the manuscript to a graphic novel because i thought well that's what a debut right i don't draw but i'll just write this amazing script and some publisher will hook me up with an illustrator
1: um and which was insane I was going to say that must be really pretty in whatever land that is that you were in at that time. <laughs>
0: it was a lovely place to exist for a few years. It really was. Okay.
1: Okay, cool. And so,
0: what was that one about? Um, it was about uh, government corruption, specifically within healthcare, and a sort of vigilante hero um, who's, yeah, who a loved one dies because of the corruption. And he goes on a killing spree um, For everyone who was involved, like all the higher up from the hospital administrator to like the state secretary of health and all the way up to like senators.
1: So it's um, like a were John, John Wick in healthcare. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except I the appreciate scenario. that. I appreciate yeah. that. Okay. Um, the second one.
0: Can the second know, one was eight? a YA, actually, it was called Pangea and it was a world after a pandemic. Okay. And I wrote this in 2015. But it was a world after pandemic, and there are only like 12 nations left. Countries have consolidated in order to conserve resources and protection from other countries. And so there's only like 12 nations left, and they have outlawed travel. And from some way, there are a group of like kids born to children from different nations, and they're like hunted. Like anytime a child is born with parents from different nations, they're like, you're not allowed to have multicultural people anymore in this world. Everyone has to have a single loyalty, so it's a group like this ship that secretly goes around the world and harbors the children, um, the multicultural children. And so that obviously is from my own experience. Like I was very much writing from like my daughter is Brazilian American, and um, it was in response Why to all the this like see
1: the light of day. I love this idea. You know, I I my skills
0: were not good enough to pull off the idea at the time. Maybe I'll revisit it.
1: Although now I
2: feel... Charles Gannon, who is big, big, widely known <laughs> for his hard science fiction pieces, recently went back to a fantasy novel he wrote when he was 14. He says, the writing's crap. He says, but the characters in the story are there. He says, so I'm just starting fresh with those same elements. No, he released with it. I have it on my
1: shelf. Signed by you him. have
2: it. Yeah, he, he finished it. And he said "What it was is the so book. To I need it. this. I need this, this for inspiration. Book is
1: called, um, as I'm getting up, start talking, and I'm walking away from my computer to buy the book. <laughs> and the I'm computer. gonna
0: keep up, I, I need this for inspiration because maybe yeah, that's maybe no.
2: that's my next project. And if you and if you find uh, we call him Uncle Chuck here because we run oh, into gosh. him all the time. Uh, he was at Dragon Con last year, which takes place in Atlanta. I I know know, I've been to Dragon Con.
0: My daughter drag. Um, my daughter uh cosplayed is the word. I almost said drag queen. It's like, no, not yet. She's not, that's not. Um, she cosplayed as Link last year at Dragon Con. So yeah, my
2: my youngest son is Link.
0: Yes, we're we're big Zelda fans, actually. You can see Tears of the Kingdom came out last
2: Friday. That's all our house has had on the screen for the last
0: broken
1: world. We love you, Charles Gannon. This broken world. world. This broken world. Okay. Yeah and yeah he this is the first in the series he just released book 2 um but he's adorable and he did oh. I'm just going to point this out because he did what I always tell people to do which is when you sign a book date it that's a good idea because as you become more I'm and more famous I mean that. he's already ridiculously famous but um as you become more and more famous you get um uh people when they find get your older copies of books get like super ridiculously excited that they haven't but he was on the podcast just yeah like, it was his second time on the podcast that he was t- telling us about wow.
2: this so definitely go back and and listen to it because you but know he,
1: he said basically he pulled up this novel in the some of the when he was 14 yep. when he was 14 uber nerd gaming session it was around gaming characters that he had I think in Dungeons and Dragons or something like that anyway it was something like that it was a fantasy thing but he pulled it and he normally writes very heavy science fiction and he wrote this one very much like our friend Jonathan Mayberry who's been on here a couple times too who wrote a fantasy book as well and he's a horror writer so live your dream all right I think y'all convinced me me. I'm gonna have to go back and reread that manuscript. Yeah, I would. I love the idea too because it is so, besides the pandemic thing, which, (laughs) speaking of Jonathan Mayberry, he wrote a book called The Plague, which, by the way, got released in June of 2020. Ah, Wow. You know, so he wrote it with a major publisher. That damn thing was written in like, you know, 2016 or some Mm -hmm. shit like that. Like it wasn't lingering about the place. And yeah, mm, bad timing bad timing but um I think it's very important to never necessarily graveyard your story ideas because between the pandemic thing and also um I don't know everything else that's happening in the country right now Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know I think your book would be incredibly relevant and really easy for people of mixed race to relate to
0: yeah I It was, the idea came after watching um, footage of anti-immigration protesters, like, spitting at a bus full of children that have been crossed the border. And I was like, what has to go wrong in, like, a person's soul that they spit at children who are alone in the world, who have, like, left their families and are scared and they're, like, spitting. I was like, what has to go wrong in someone's heart that they become that? um and that's what inspired the whole story that like multicultural kids are are hunted down and you're only allowed one loyalty and
1: yeah i love this i love this whole idea i demand you resurface it
0: okay well erica since
1: you asked i will go back (laughs) i demanded i did erica cracks whoops around here for
2: all our authors (laughs) i need it
1: i need it well i just think that sometimes we get um we brush off some stuff that was a really good idea we just like you said didn't have the skill set to create it at the time but if you don't go back to it some of it is what sparked our passion for writing that's true you know and there is my poetic half and half commentary on uh, that particular subject but before we have to break let's finish on your journey so then you shelve that that one
0: and I did query that like I revised it, queried it, didn't get like I said, the skill set wasn't there. The writing itself wasn't there. Didn't get any nibbles. Um, and then the next one came about because of Pirates of the Caribbean. I freaking love that movie. But man, it has got so much misogyny like baked in, especially the later movies. And but God, I love a sword fight. God, I love a good sword fight. Um, and it's never women. And I was thinking, there must have been pirates in Brazil, given its coast. Like, I wonder. And so I just started researching the history. And I came across this, you know, and I had learned this, but I started reading about it. The Portuguese royal family fled Napoleon in 1808 and moved the entire royal court to Rio de Janeiro. And it's the only time a European royal family, like only time in history, a European royal family relocated to a colony and they ruled from Rio for about 15 years and I was like this is amazing they packed up and moved 10,000 like royal court members and adjacent and just dropped into Rio and were like hey guys we're in charge and it was a mess and I was like this is the perfect setting this is great um it's like the royal family is my own comedic relief I don't even have to invent it, invent it. it's all true they're ridiculous." Um and so that became so I just started developing this sort of gender flipped Three Musketeers Pirates of the Caribbean humor adventure in Rio.
1: I love that. Okay, so I have to make reference to a Gina Davis movie where she is a swashbuckler. Yes. What is the name of that movie? I made you look it up before. Um. Oh my gosh, she, she's, she's the, the captain. Pirate.
0: She's the captain. Yeah, she's and she's it's down.
1: literally was millions of dollars of movie. And it bombed at the box office, but I loved the freaking crap out of that movie. I'm oh, what up. is the name of it? Val, I made you up. look it up. It's... I don't remember.
0: I don't remember. Okay. I, I mean, saw it at the movie theater. I remember seeing it at the movie theater.
1: I mean, yeah, that's I, why I, I like uh, the, uh, the Quick and the Dead with Sharon Stone. Okay, that had some filming issues to me because there was too much of that. Shoot, back, back. Back, I'm like, Dude, I know, but still, she was a female cowboy gunslinger. Only redeeming awesome. quality in that movie, Gina Davis. What the crapsticks was the name of that movie? Cutthroat Island. Thank you. Yeah, Cutthroat it. Island. <laughs> Fucking love that. Love that female pirates. Yeah. Oh w- yes, I
0: remember this. Oh my god, I saw it at the theater. Oh, yeah yeah female pirate amazing
1: so fun hey listeners you know me eric lance you're just listening to me in the podcast that you have but guess what i'm doing something new yeah she's joining me mark muncie the author of the eerie florida book series in Erie appalachia and we are hosting a new podcast called eerie travels Woo-hoo! eerie travels which covers things like ghosts cryptids weird stuff ufos men in black all kinds of fun things that people talk about and i'm sure you've discussed with friends yep and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice or find us at eerie and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness and of course mark what do we always say we'll see you on the other side So you then do this book and um, are you in Brazil when you are querying or here?
0: Yes, I was in Brazil when I was querying. Um, At the time I was on Twitter. Thank God for Twitter because I used it to network and find agents. Um, I did a lot of writer's digest, like online workshops for like how to write a query. Um, I could not have pulled this off without the internet, like in a pre-internet age. Um, But yes, I was querying in Brazil. Um... And this was the book that got me my agent, finally. And I signed with her while I was still living in Brazil because I did not know at the time when we would move back to the United States. Um, And then that happened in June of 2020. So by the time the book came out, I was in the US. Um, Actually, by the time I got a publisher, I was in the US. But bless my sweet publisher, Ariel at Orange Blossom. Um, I think she was the last traditional publishing house In the United States, to look at my book, every other one had rejected it, Um, and on the grounds that twice, like it actually went to acquisitions, and both times the marketing department said there's not an audience for a book set in Brazil in the United States.
1: Okay, so I need to just say this. First of all, Ariel is one of, we love Ariel. We are huge fans of Ariel as publishers ourselves. We Orange Blossom Publishing, freaking amazing. They're one of the ones doing it right. We love that. And secondly, traditional publishing can go fuck itself saying shit like that because it refuses to open its mind to the audience would want something more. And this is why we keep having repeats of the same fucking movies too, because people in high positions cannot get their heads out of their asses to go, Oh wait, maybe somebody does want to hear something else. Read something else, see something else. Ugh, traditional publishing makes me want to punch people. Yeah. I mean, And
0: just another plug for Ariel. She thought I was still living in Brazil when she offered me a contract. So she initially approached with like, I'm sure we can do some virtual like book signings and book events and we'll find a way to like have you market your book from Brazil? And I was like, actually, I'm back in the United States. So she was willing to sign me, um,
2: and, thinking and I was heard, living in Brazil. And and that's the crazy thing about the industry. And this is, um, Eric and I uh, own a Four Horsemen Publications. That's our print, our publication house. But we even have a nonfiction author who lives in Bermuda, who comes, yeah. frequents the US often, but she couldn't find a publisher for a book that sells like hotcakes it's like been in the top 100 since we've released it for uh psychology of a character arc you know or characters or something the psychology
1: of character building this is what happens when val gets any sort of moscato in her
2: yeah i can't i can't
1: remember things (laughs) but But you know it's the point is it doesn't matter where you live Mm -hmm. i mean obviously if you're only you know publishing a book in cantonese then you're going to have to have an audience that reads cantonese because that's that's, that's i'm sorry but that's how that works right but otherwise stories from everywhere i mean look how obsessed people are with outlander like give me a break that's yeah. not in the united states in case anybody didn't realize that so it's so stupid crocodile dundee oh my god is it god. nora roberts also a scottish writer she,
2: i have no idea
1: you are asking the, ask me about somebody else go <laughs> ahead and google it
2: neil gaiman's uk there we go mm-hmm. and look how well, big he is in american culture
1: right like well Benny and the jumps. thing is guess what this is how we learn about things outside and we've all been in strawberry fields missouri for a fucking story like there aren't going to be fucking pirates there. I've just made that town up, by the way. I don't know if it actually exists. But... Strawberry
0: Fields, Missouri. I want to visit there now. <laughs> no, no, you should.
1: Visit. You should. It's got a great clown museum. <laughs> as I'm just making up shit as I go along. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um this book is published. What are you working on? What is your next one coming up then?
0: <clears throat> well, I have a book that's out on submission. Um... So I'm very excited about that. It is a Star-Crossed Lovers set on Henry Ford's Amazonian rubber plantation. So in 1928, Henry Ford decided he was going to grow his own rubber. And being the richest man in the world, he goes and buys a piece of the Amazon the size of Delaware. And he's going to turn it into a giant rubber plantation.
1: What does it grow from? I need to know this. It's a tree.
0: It's a tree. It's a big, giant tree. And you have oh, and tree. it's the sap that you can turn into rubber. Um, now we have that, synthesized Valerie. rubber. Shut up.
1: Valerie. Of course you I, mean, I
2: wouldn't
0: know that until you went to Brazil and you like go on a tour of the Amazon and they're like, oh, this is a rubber tree. And you're like,
2: oh, that's where that comes from. Wow. In Florida, when you go on a riverboat dinner show ride, they love to tell the story about how Henry Ford was buying the Spanish moss from, from there until the until it, until people started having itchy problems and and places you, and bottom places, and because <laughs> the chiggers were irritated in the red bugs in the moss <laughs> because that's what they were using to pad the cushions with. That's oh like my God!
1: fame of Henry Ford. Is that true? It's yes, true. It's a true okay. Story. That's hilarious. Valerie oh knows God. way too much about ridiculous. And I will shit. make a
2: TikTok about this after after this.
1: That's amazing. That, that, I want you to is... make a drunk TikTok about this, Val. I will. I will.
0: The chiggers in Henry Ford's driver's seat cushions. Like that's just
1: amazing. They got into people's <laughs> undercarriage. <laughs> Cheers appropriately. Mm. I'm just saying. I just I'm with that's good. That's good. So um I love this idea. So it's out for <laughs> you're trying to find it's a on submission.
0: A so my agent has, you know, sent it to a few editors to so your back I'm about that. So
1: very right. cool. Um so what are you working on now?
0: I am I have a few ideas I haven't committed. Um, because I also, I just took on a full-time job. Like I left, I've been full-time parenting slash writing for eight years. And then about two months ago, um, I accepted a full-time position because my daughter's going to middle school and she doesn't need me at home as much anymore. Um, she's about to get to the age where, you know, she sees me to feed her when she's hungry. And then like, that's all she's, says hi to me that's when she says hi they
1: come back around 20 don't worry they do
0: they do and fortunately my daughter and I both love video games so we'll like sit next to each other and like play our games and sort of chat about the day um but I so I am sort of waiting to be inspired and like figuring out my new routine I have a couple ideas one would actually be historical fiction set in Europe but like medieval Europe which would be new for me and so it's a lot of research so I'm like do I really want to commit I need
1: you to go back to this YA book and make it into a series we're going to talk but about I, that separately
0: truly Erica
1: I am not kidding
0: I might go do that like talking to you guys has like <laughs> made me more inspired it's like I really should go back and reread that and that would be a fun thing to write um the other idea was like a locked room murder mystery type book Ooh. which could be
1: a lot of fun murder mysteries right. are a ton of fun i insist you write this other book before that murder mystery and i insist okay. you make it into a series oh okay okay a duology or trilogy no i be no, a to series going. a series and keep i going. think you should do it from the perspective of different children um, children that meet up in different Amazing. points in the story <laughs> but <laughs> like touch in her-
2: notebook. Touch no, each it, other's lives, down. but
1: write they're down. not like main characters but like you have the first one that's going through its arc but in the middle of that it meets one or two from the next couple of books mm-hmm. and then, then you know you keep kind of like they need to have the mute meet cutes whatever the meet cute version of ya in a terrible fucking time is and remember that with YA, a lot of people forget this. The only real big no-no in YA, um, besides a lot of cussing, it's not allowed, is um, graphic sex scenes. Right. That's the only no-no. Oh, you but can you can
0: have, like fade to black, right? Because there are definitely No, No, you can, you can yeah. actually
1: have skin touching, fucking yeah. really twilight. You can... That's true. Oh, Read Twilight. What is it? What is the last one? New fucking moon? I don't, I forget I don't know what the last one time. is. Anyway.
2: I know that if you want to see how far you can push, bend that envelope, Girl in Pieces by Kathleen Glass-Glo. Uh First off, just reading her writing and how poetic and how she abstractly explains a scene and makes it visual and, and brings in the senses is great study for any writer. She's an absolute sweetheart. I've had the blessing of meeting her, but Girl in Pieces is uh, about a girl who keeps, you know, cutting herself and things like that. Mm-hmm. But that that is a great example of how adult and how harshly can you go to that edge of a, adult content or discussion or topics. That is a great piece and it's done well and it's done in a manner um that doesn't belittle the problem or the yeah. the fact
1: that i'll also point out that apparently sarah j moss listed herself under fucking ya which i don't understand that ah, yeah no there's a big really controversy right I mean- now but for the longest time where she got her readership was because she listed herself under ya or her publisher did and let me just talk about the graphic motherfucking <laughs> sex scenes in book two An acatar. yeah 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 so anyway that's it just just the thing to know just the thing to know just seriously like know. a court of thrones like all of those books yeah. they were,
0: they're listed as like ya now so they're being
1: moved to to new okay adult. they're new they're young like new adult they're being now, moved so to new adult is a category fact. but her to popularity and raise the in Race to fame is in ya mm-hmm. which a lot of bookstores and libraries have a lot of complaints about it because she um there's too much sex so don't go that far but i'm just saying if you look at those books uh vampire diaries yeah. um i'm trying to think uh the the fucking chase and uh what's her name with the, the shadow shadow hunters oh yeah the oh
0: yes yes uh they're all Claire's
1: book. yeah they're yeah, all all yeah, yeah, yeah so there's a lot of there's a lot of how you do and you can do you just can't be like how oh, you do you gotta keep, be like <laughs> you doing
2: like, <laughs> that's the line, like,
1: not a
0: not the deeper the voice gets, the more explicit.
2: The very white music starts. You might, might
1: you need to turn star. that back. It needs to be blink 182 or whatever. <laughs> needs to be my cam. It's good. So, um, sure. Literally, you I lost think we just sit can't sit, talk anymore. She not talk And just give advice. That's what I've I decided my new job needs This, to is, this is the best to podcast ever. I just have to say really about <laughs> heat levels.
2: What? I, this is it reminds me of the discussion. I was the the team asked me during a meeting. They said, well, can you can you explain romance heat levels to us? And I'm like, well shit. <laughs>
0: Did you do it like using emojis? Like you could just be no, like,
1: "Well, wow, no, no, this no, is." I, I thought about it,
2: but I go, "Okay, there are six levels." Okay, level six is in its own category. That's erotica. We'll discuss that in a minute. Let's start with one. One is, "Oh, they finally." The climax of the story is them kissing and fade to black. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Okay, every they Jane, Jane Austen novel, novel. Yeah, ever. that's every Jane Austen. Oh, that's Jane Austen, anyway. Uh, two. Uh, oh, they're making out. There's makeout sessions now. Mm. Um, oh, oh, they're getting up to the, so you go to the bedroom, the door slams in your face. <laughs> Can't follow. All right. Now they're kind of unbuttoning stuff and, and hands are wandering other places. We're following them into the bedroom. The lights go out. And now you're back at the table again. And you're like, did I black out? <laughs> you feel like you went into a coma at the most vital point, right? now let's see now we're on four. four. Oh man we get to see the clothes come off we see a bra the bra might be unlatched and more is showing fade to black or we can't get closer we can't get beyond the doorway we can see it mm-hmm. happening in the distance but we're not up close and personal He level five is like your mafia romance and really steamy paranormal romances right they're really like you're nuts. in the bed with them, them the bed and you're like with oh, the camcorder oh. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a fans only page, right? Camcorder <laughs> yeah. and a ruler, yeah. right? Because yeah, everything exactly. is getting measured.
1: I'm sure that's six camera, inches. It's you can't mm-hmm.
2: see What's going anywhere, But it's a shaky camera. Now we're on six erotica. they are like, baby, I need you to move your thigh over to the left a little more so I can get a clear shot. <laughs> Hold on, Very... get, the, get the lighting, man. It's like in an instruction here. manual. So level oh, six oh, is like oh, the oh, instruction oh, manual. Oh, it's an instruction manual.
1: <laughs> yeah and they're like oh so for the record you technically in young adults can go up to four okay okay as long as it's not an instruction manual anyway so I love this idea now that we've taken you on that journey with us that's that this is like a crash course in writing YA now I feel like obliged after you guys have given
0: me (laughs) so much mentoring here (laughs) I feel I have to go back and revisit my YA manuscript.
1: I think that's a great idea
2: and we know what it's
1: like to have full-time gigs because we did we did um so me and Val have known each other for a number of years now oh god I don't know how fucking many anyway um but we've met as authors and stuff like that and when we started the publishing company which was in January 2020 so it was very well timed. um wow yeah Uh the thing that it was is that for many many moons during that i mean last year is when i quit to go full-time doing that and valve quit the year before in september to do that so like you can have a full-time job and continue with your writing goal just as long as you treat your writing like it's a job and that you have mm-hmm. to put in a certain amount of hours to your job because we were working full time and then every night, both of our other halves were like, whatever, I've given up my entire existence to these two, just being on Zooms together for like five or six hours a night and still for the uh, record she writes she's way better than me i'm like i am what not to do when you're a writer and a publisher oh. but, um no it's true it's a hashtag true story um but she writes about 300,000 words a year even with that what the fuck that? i've already hit that this 300,000 words a year I-
2: yeah. i've already hit that this year <laughs> let me be clear This year has been my most productive year, even though I am crazy busy with. other. Are you a vampire? Do you not sleep? I don't understand. Well, okay. It goes back to everyone's like, Oh, I can't find the time for that. Oh, I can't. It's like exercise. I can't find time for that. Hey, you should write. I can't find time for that. You make the damn time. You make the schedule. You choose your schedule. Right? So I also have kids and a husband and obviously more kids and husbands if we count my staff and my authors. But you, you have to make the time. So, like Saturday and Sunday is, is meantime, unless I'm at a conference or a convention, and I try to space those out where I'm because it, it'll kill your don't kill yourself going to conventions back to back. That's rough.
1: Um she says this, but we have back-to-back conventions the latter part of this year. Continue <laughs>
2: yeah. on I had nine last year back to back. That was rough,
1: Um, but
2: uh, you know, you Saturday and Sunday is my time. After certain, you know, you set your. Even though I work remotely, I still set a schedule, set time frames to expect me. I remind myself to take breaks. My (laughs) the author Carrie bear that we have makes fun of my schedule because she says, "Did you seriously put from nine thirty to ten thirty that you're waking up and having coffee?" (laughs) She's
0: like in your calendar it's in her calendar she also put her lunch time
2: and i'm like because i want two hours for dinner i might not be hungry when i start
1: (laughs) uh, but you set up your life you figure out in the morning if you're doing it or at night and you can't treat it like a hobby if you treat Mm -hmm. it like a hobby you will never get done. you have to treat it like a job and not like a job that you hate doing it's a job you're passionate about and want to continue to expand and explore
2: and see, I also know at 10 p.m. every night, my family gets tired of me by then. And I, if I at least write from 10 to midnight or later, I will get tons of word count done.
1: Yeah, we're all sitting here That's in amazing. silence. And I'm impressed. Just
0: nodding. I'm, I'm amazed. Not- like, I'm just like, I don't know. Um, well, because I I will say, I, like, I was, like, treating my job, like, treating writing as my full-time job up until, like, February. Um, especially with my debut coming out in November, I was like publishing and I was like, and of course coming out, you guys know, with, as a tiny, like as a, a tiny independent publisher, like the authors, like I'm making Canva graphics every day. Like I'm getting quotes, like I'm out fishing for blurbs, like just cold emailing authors. Um, cause there wasn't really a lot of historical fiction authors at Orange Blossom to ask. Like I was one of the first historical fiction authors at Orange Blossom. So I'm just like sending out emails every day and like reading their books and like reaching out, making, learning how to write a press release, writing a press release. And I was working so hard, but I was like working the job of a publicist. And I was like, I don't want to be a publicist like that. So
1: we should clarify this for you. I hate to break your little, we're going to pop your bubble there. Yeah. You weren't, you were doing what an author needs to do now because. But that
0: honestly made me rethink if I want to be an author full time. Because I hated it so much.
1: No, I understand. But there is systems. So you did it for the first time. Yeah. Once you know how to do it. Um it becomes second nature. and becomes easy. Like we've had a lot of authors on this podcast who both are traditional. Like I've had, I've interviewed 400 authors, right? So everything from this is my first self-published, I did it all by myself to fucking Charles Gannon, whom I absolutely love. And if he's listening, I love you, Chuck. Um, Like we've had, that was my phone. We've had so many people on this podcast listening to the stories. And here's the truth. Author platform and word of mouth is 65% of how you're going to find your audience, which means you do have to focus on that because we live in a world where everybody doesn't go to meet and greets. They're in their fucking phones. And that's that's how you find your audience and networking. Every author, even if you get picked up, like we love Orange Blossom. Ariel's one of our favorites. We have over 115 authors. We've published over 600 books since we started in 2020. Since January 2020? We are actually technically one of the larger, uh, larger traditional presses on the fucking planet. But the thing is, is that authors have to market themselves. I don't care how supportive your publishing company is. And Ariel's incredibly supportive. False Staff Books is another one that's incredibly supportive. We have a laundry list we're actually going to put on our site because there are so many great publishers if somebody gets the opportunity. But guess what? the only top like 1% do traditional publishers do anything for. Otherwise, they're expected to do it themselves. And not only they're expected to do it themselves, or they're expected to pay somebody to do it for them. And oh, yeah, not known by a lot of authors, they think that I mean, they- Killed me like in the yeah. debut, like chat groups. Like, oh, I found a
0: publicist who has a great package for $1,200. Like, are
2: yeah.
0: you kidding? I will never earn that back. Like, I will, I would never earn that back. Well, that I mean, the point is, and you don't an do, an do that. It's cheaper. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. You don't have to do that. And there yeah, are so I many good like, mm, no. ways to do it. But a lot of it is simply finding other authors that write historical fiction, like you did, and doing newsletter shares and taking their audience because i love historical fiction writers but 99 percent of you guys do not do a lot of books you don't do no, one a year we don't do a no. lot of books and well so- it takes a
0: lot of research erica we have to research the shit out of our topic
1: okay so you read
2: one of my books blah blah blah
1: blah there, fuck there's research. a reason why i don't I do about, research about for all the reasons i'll look up what street is in the, like chicago that i'm writing about but other than that yeah fuck that i'll jeep google maps it um, i mean but some of the research was fun i was on youtube watching videos of
0: like whip fighting and learning how to fight like with a dagger from the israeli defense force videos they had like a lot of instructional Trump videos were, of how to knife. that was a huge researcher
2: trust me she literally you know what I looked, found out that there is a martial arts style that fights with a garden hoe a garden
0: hoe I love it. Yes, okay. I love it. I just, stop now talking. I'm imagining
1: like a whole brigade now. of like gardening ninjas, like. Val needs to stop talking because we'll go down that rabbit hole. We're not going to do that. But my point is this. Yes, you need to market yourself. But in the long run, creating those communication lines and finding that stuff is 100% worth it. So if you, and here's the thing, if you want to write and just publish your book and just have it out there and be like, I just published a book great. But if you want people to actually read it, this is what you have to do. And unfortunately, you're not told that necessarily going into the writing thing, but like any part of a job that you hate, you have to find a way to make it fun and make it worth it.
0: Yeah. Although I will say, I have a job now that I love that provides excellent health care. Which I'm to sure not but writing you're did not amazing. And so I my plan is to do both. My plan is to do both. But just being only a full-time writer, just i it just couldn't like i've I've I reached a point I need to do something else and like find my inspiration and be willing to put this incredible amount of time and high quality work and like the best of me um for almost free and for almost free. And I, so I'm trying to work that back into a life that now includes a job that pays for my health care and for my daughter health, my daughter's healthcare. Because um, oh, unfortunately, our healthcare, healthcare system is another thing that's broken in this country. And it's like, wow. Uh,
1: don't don't get me started. I actually read no. the healthcare. so
0: I'm hoping that by taking off the need of writing to like pay bills, like I can tap back into that creativity. Like I, the healthcare is taken care of. Like the bills are taken care of. And now I can write because I'm inspired, and no other reason. Um, so I'm excited to take that burden off of writing. Um, I and love that yeah, yeah. That,
2: that makes okay. I mean, that that makes perfect sense. and And it goes back to you you make the time you schedule mm-hmm. it out, and you you learn your you know, people are like, "Oh, I hate doing writing sprints, But you know why you should do writing sprints on occasion?" To see how much you can write in a certain time frame, because it's much easier to schedule out your writing once you know that number.
0: And I'm a big believer. I get distracted so easily. I love actually setting a timer. All right, thirty minutes. I will do nothing but keep putting words on the page for thirty. Like go and like or, or fifteen or twenty. I'm like I to. love it. <gasps> yes, a free write traveler. I have
1: one. They're amazing. So I bought this for myself because, and not, they do, trust me, they don't sponsor this show, but I bought this for myself because what do, it doesn't have on here at all is the internet.
0: Internet, Oh my God. I know. And you can't go back and edit what you've written. You can't get distracted reading no what you did 200 nope. words ago,
1: which no, I so am the worst at. Authors yeah. out there, it, it's like they're 500 bucks, so they're not inexpensive, but this thing you can take literally anywhere. It's so light. You see me holding it. It probably weighs just a little bit more than my cell phone. Like that's how light this thing is. It has a full keyboard. And if you get distracted easy, this is the best fucking thing in the world.
0: And I'm going to say a free ride traveler. If you also have like An inner editor that won't shut up as you're writing and it's so hard to move forward. Free Write Traveler will also help with that because your words disappear as you write them. So you can't
2: all the time. I said, Look, when you're brainstorming, this is this is watch this analogy. I'm so proud of this analogy. So when you're brainstorming an idea, it's like someone has opened a pack of cards and spilled it everywhere, and you can see it. You're like, Oh, this is gonna be fun. This is going to be a fun card game, right? But it's just cards spilled over. You first need to gather all your cards. Some are face down, some are face up. They're all out of order. But when you draft, you shouldn't be editing because you first have to get the cards all gathered to make sure you have them all there. It's when you revise that Mm -hmm. you start deciding, flipping stuff face up and figuring out what order you want them to fall in. Because... There is no wrong or right order to a story because it's your story. Whether you want it to be separated by ace, king, queen, jack, uh, and then, or you may decide, you know, no, no, it should be, it should alternate. It should be only hearts here, uh, diamonds there, and then mix up the, the blacks. Like you get to decide how you want to organize the chaos a little bit. But you have to have it all out in front of you and make room in your brain a little bit so you know how you're going to smooth it out and where that narrative tone and
1: everything starts to tighten up. So, but yes. So, yes. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Now that we've gone on many, many tangents, believe it or not, we are at the end of this podcast. Oh, wow. I know, time just flies when you're ridiculously going off in all kinds of directions. Yes, and
0: when you're drinking a giant bottle of mead.
1: You know, let me just... So, um, (sighs) anyway, no judgment here. Judgment-free zone. Hello, Drinking With Authors fans. This is your host, Erica Lance. Because of the change of the format of the show, welcome to the Literary Briefs portion. Enjoy. We're going to do um, rapid-fire questions probably okay. a point. We're gonna um, but the first one is what is your favorite book of all time oh, son of a bitch I didn't have the answer prepared um <clears throat> favorite book of
0: all time for the um, record we don't
1: actually send the questions out so there's no way she could be prepared oh wait we yeah, asked I every feel like that is a that. question
0: that every author gets asked like yeah. as an author you should have that answer like in your pocket ready to go um because someone's gonna ask you um and okay how about my favorite book that i've recently read and that's gonna be tomorrow and tomorrow tomorrow by uh gabrielle zevin did i get her last name right and it is an ode to video games and it spoke to me as a child of the 80s and 90s and playing you know mario kart so much you run the courses backwards and try to get all the coins and like have it remember like it just it elevates video games to art, and it is just an amazing book
1: um, with just flawed, beautiful characters. So, yeah. I love this. I actually, ironically, because this will air right after Dragon Con, because that's how far out we are, um, I got asked to be on a panel to discuss Stranger Things and D&D and how it affected, I was so excited. They're like, do you want to do this panel? I mean, it's okay if you don't want, I was like control yourself yes. yes yes i'll do what i'm right can i do it
0: now like, this... oh my gosh well erica i w- i will have to find out what day you're going because my daughter and i go to dragon con because we live in atlanta so well, you should because val yeah.
1: will be there too like yeah
0: we'll yeah. have to meet up dragon con meetup yeah i would love
1: that i would love that and i'm not allowed to do all it. right There's drinking with authors, authors I... goes to dragon con hey i'm um... down with it down with it Okay. What is your least favorite book of all time?
0: Silas Marner. Oh my God. I'm still traumatized by having to read that in high school. Also Lord of the fucking flies. Like
2: that is rude.
0: why does every English speaking child have to read about these privileged schoolboys who can't get their shit together? Like seriously, it's terrible. I hated that book.
1: I like that book. There was many I'm others. I'm sorry, Like you know That's why you liked it. <laughs> that is. Well, you know it. what I liked about it back way before the internet? Like we're going back in time here because I was a child of the eighties as well. Shut up Val. And so <laughs> like there was, you know, a time before the internet, which nobody can fucking remember, but I remember reading that book and I think I was actually in junior high when I read it, but It was really how quickly a society can go down like that was part of like what was at least at the time. I'm not saying it's the best writing in the entire universe because I haven't read it in a million years, so I can't go back and judge that. But I will have to say that like at the time it really impinged on me. How quickly something can fall apart because now we see it every day. Like we see videos of the world fucking falling apart. Like I watched a video of some girl walking through a fucking Walmart store, squatting down behind a freezer section, taking a shit on the floor, getting up, walking away with her grocery. Like this is where we live now. This is our existence. But back then, that wasn't our existence that wasn't talked about oh
0: I think there's always been plenty of people who didn't have access to plumbing and had to just like shit behind their house and we just didn't record it no for I internet. just meant that the just integration
1: of society like yes, sure which we didn't I mean depending on where you lived I you didn't necessarily see anyway that was my lord of flies Okay, what is your favorite um book that was turned into a TV show or miniseries where you thought they did a really or whatever the movie Recently really Sandman. Job.
0: I loved Netflix's Sandman and I love the graphic novels. I really Yeah, I really like the making Constantine a woman. Like I just thought they made some really great casting choices. I loved their adaptation.
1: I have to say with that, my favorite part was anyone who didn't read the graphic novels and they' got to the cat episode was like, What the fuck is what happening? The fuck is right going now? on? Why are they talking cats? Where did they come from? I love that so much because I was listening to I have read the graphic um novels, and um one of our other uh, our third musketeer, so to speak, publishing company is a huge Sandman fan and has been since way before. So I was listening to the um audiobook drama that Amazon did. And here's the thing. My boyfriend was listening with me and at so many points, he's like, I don't, I don't even understand what the fuck is going on because if you're listening to it and you have no visual representation That's of true. what they're talking about, it jumps all over time. And mm-hmm. you're like, what is and then they get to the cat episode and he's like is that a cat and i'm like yep it would be hard to do the cat episode like only
0: audio like if you've been if it's all been audio up until that point and suddenly the voices are like cats
1: right now like they have were, they been cats the whole
0: time did i miss it like what it,
1: it was pretty impressive okay where do you think they did a terrible job with translating a book to? holy oh,
2: bombed a, a adaptation of a book
0: And they bombed the adaptation. I probably didn't watch it. I probably read the reviews and didn't watch it. Um, What did they do recently, recently, recently that
2: I just couldn't... Or in the past that you've seen and you're like, no.
0: Um. Well, I mean, technically that book hasn't come out yet, but I will say the last season of Game of Thrones, I am so traumatized by the terrible storytelling that happened in that last season. I have not been able to go back and rewatch. Like I'm still just take solace in the knowledge
1: that those two fuckers had a Star Wars deal that got taken away from them because of what they did with season eight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They just wanted to be done. They just want to be done. Like, like you know fuck seven seasons of character development we don't care like we don't care about the story at all we just care about money yeah. um and I will also say YA in general they have trouble really adapting like Maze Runner was terrible um uh Tris now I'm blanking what what YA series um yeah I'm feeling what that was terrible it was terrible um i got so excited and I was like oh yeah yeah it was so bad now i can't remember it was so bad the name's gone from my (laughs) from my memory but that was really bad um yeah that's what i'm gonna go with for for now favorite uh zelda video game um oh well i mean breath of the wild I will say because it brought my daughter and I together on video games. Like that was the first game. Like she sat and watched me play. And then at first she would only watch me play. Cause she was scared of like the blood moon and it like, she, cause she was only, I think seven or eight when it came out. She got genuinely like afraid and wouldn't have to hide. But then a year into it, she like got her own profile, started her own game and, you know, being a kid without responsibilities was able to put many more hours into it and beat the game like long before I did. Um, So, but Tears of the Kingdom is proving amazing. We've been playing it a lot this week since it came out on Friday. The correct
1: answer to that was Majora's Mask, so. Yeah, see,
0: I missed that game. That came out, I was not, like we played, my brother and I played a lot of Ocarina of Time.
2: Ocarina of Time Uh, came before Majora's Mask. You're gonna need to go play
1: Majora's Mask.
2: It means you have to rethink your interaction and your actions with everything in the game, including okay. the That's- sky. And it was, it was, it broke my brain and it took me a long while of experiment. Like you literally have to experiment to figure out how to trigger certain events to open up doors. And it is just, a, it was really innovative for the time frame and when it came out, so. Okay, all right, I'm so sold. Just for the record. I've seen the artwork.
0: My, my daughter has, my daughter is
2: obsessed with Zelda now.
0: And, like, I am a superficial fan of Zelda, like, because I see my daughter now as like a true fan. Like she's got encyclopedias of all the artwork. And the artwork for Majora Mask is pretty cool. There are some fucking creepy monsters from that one.
1: You like it is no terrifying. there are my um adult son, who is twenty gonna be twenty seven this year, so that's definitely an adult. Um his favorite game, video game thing is the Zelda. Um, well, I don't know. It might be last of us now. But um, yeah, Majora's Mask, hands down, probably the best Zelda game. And not that the other ones aren't great and they're beautiful and everything, but it's it's just at a different kind of level than anyway. Um, okay, Val, ask a question. Let's see. If you could be any uh, fictional mythological creature or
2: thing, what would you be? Oh, I would be, since we talked about SEMA, I
0: would be, I think, death from Sandman because she's fucking awesome I mean
2: and I love her perspective on death and just being able to be with people like I would be that's who I'd be oh on that same note if you could sit down and talk to any author writer past present or future who would you like to sit with and talk to
0: oh can I have a room with like Neil Gaiman and Margaret Atwood um, and David Sedaris and Toni Morrison can I have that room you Please.
1: can, you can. Yeah. We can definitely reserve it. Probably yeah. Dragon Thanks. Con, obviously. Thanks, Erica.
0: I appreciate yeah, that.
1: No, no worries. We we know people. Um, <laughs> we don't know those people, but we could. Um, <laughs> so, what is your genre that you want to write, but you haven't written in yet, or maybe you're afraid to? Um, I love reading and
0: watching fantasy but I have never written anything fantastical um so, even my Pangea even my YA um manuscript that I may revisit after talking to you is dystopian but it's not fantastical in any way um well, it is all, all tech we're
1: gonna revisit that okay. okay second of all um <laughs> Val writes fantasy so I'm gonna make her shut the fuck up as somebody who doesn't write fantasy um I write uh horror that has paranormal, fantastical sci-fi elements to it, like Diet Coke, like one calorie mm-hmm. elements to it. Um, I will tell you, it is, in my perspective, way too much fucking work. I love people who can write fantasy because you have to build the world. Like you, mm-hmm. you have no choice. There's no if ands, or buts. No fantasy author has ever been on this podcast or I've ever talked to. They cannot tell me that there isn't just a ridiculous amount of world building that goes into creating the universe that the book or series of books is set in, because there are rules into to fantasy and not like there are rules to writing fantasy, but there are rules within the universe that mm-hmm. have to be adhered to right. on how things work. And so like you can
0: do whatever you want, but you have to be consistent.
1: Exactly. And yeah. that is way too much fucking work as far as I'm concerned. I will just see this people. is why
0: I actually think historical fiction, which is what I have written, is actually sort of prep for fantasy. Because it, it if is. you go far it enough is. back into past, you have to world build because people are not familiar
1: with that world. So yeah. you, but, you just said that and Val's gonna be like, Yeah, that's bad, you hit See, no, I see Val nodding on the television. she's like, Yes, yes. Yes. This is why I told her to shut up because she's going to say how great it is. And honestly, I think it's fantastic. I admire people who can do that. I just, the way I write and stuff like that, and Val can attest to this the way I write, nope. There is no going back into a fucking world. Like, I re listened to the audiobooks of my books to write the next in the series. So I'm like, oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Now I remember where we're at. Let's go. <laughs> no, but like, and it's funny because, like in Tattoo Angels
2: trilogy, which they have powers, it has a very urban fantasy aspect. And then book two, Judgment, I take you back, so you see how it all started, which is all a historical fiction vibe. Mm-hmm. But he's immortal, so he's living through one of traumatic events after another. And someone tried to give me shit because they're like they're crossing the Sahara in this, and I said technically a por- you know a portion of it, yeah. They're like, but there's plants, and I said climate change their biblical times that wasn't a desert baby that was just underbrush prairie kind of vibes in those areas and they're like no and then I had to show them my research of these are the plants that existed that are now extinct that you'll never see again that they lived off of
1: this is why i told val she couldn't talk anymore on this topic right (laughs) but that is exactly why i would never write a world war ii book because
0: those world war ii nuts will come for you if you get one little detail wrong like i mean if they're coming after you about
1: the sahara like they will come for you it's so true okay what is your favorite weird food combination
0: my favorite weird food combination um I do love it's not weird, but it's pretty classic, like a peanut butter and celery. like that's I mean, pretty much peanut butter. I love peanut butter on anything. um, but a weird food combination. Mm, I'm trying to think if there's one that's particularly weird um, I'm trying to think back to Brazil. Like when I was living in Brazil, did we eat anything that would be weird for Americans? Um,
2: I, don't know. I had a peanut butter and marshmallow fluff sandwich with bananas no
1: no that that's cross not my weird, line. That fact, is weird. it's d- just disgusting it's not weird it's just disgusting no, no it's yummy what i did actually make the other day because somebody on the show um said they make grilled uh peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and i tried grilled. That, and it was fucking yes. amazing it really um, good that does but, sound amazing yeah I actually did a grilled peanut butter and cheddar cheese sandwich. And let me just tell you, cause I'm a huge fan of fucking peanut butter and cheese. I don't know why, but I fucking love it. This was the tits. Like it was one of the best things I've ever eaten in my entire fucking life. And my boyfriend who thought I was completely insane when I did, this was like, Wow, that What's is to really do a,
2: a sharp cheddar cheese with green apple slices grilled. Cheese? Oh, that's amazing
0: grilled like slice yeah that's amazing. Is that I'm weird. I That's cheese. weird like cheddar cheese and like sliced, like granny
1: Smith apples like grilled that's, that's not amazing. weird that's delicious. It's no.
2: amazing.
1: okay so um do you believe in ghosts. I don't. I don't, sorry. I know people want, I am so- You don't have to apologize. This well, is I don't have to
0: apologize. This is it yes no, or no? Because I feel like people like writers are supposed to be so creative and like open and like the channel. Tra- I'm like, no, no, there's, there are no ghosts. There are no ghosts. There probably are aliens, like statistically, like the universe is so big. I absolutely think there's life somewhere else in the
1: universe, but so I don't believe in ghosts. I do another podcast called Eerie Travels where we talk about paranormal and all sorts of fucking mm-hmm. tinfoil hat crowd stuff. And um, I swear to God, if one more person tells me that they don't believe in aliens, I'm like, let's just talk about the math of this and the scope. Oh yeah, the- like, are but- they
0: coming here to visit? I don't know, but the math
1: suggests there's definitely life somewhere else. Yeah, it's kind of egotistical as humans if we we're like we're the only ones, and the entire universe says the- You should
2: read. You should read the Shooting by C.K. Westbrook. The
0: shooting said. I've got a I've been taking notes like, the whole time we've been talking. like I've never left a podcast with, with
2: aliens and our time because cause you mentioned wa- Washington DC area mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah. You'll that you'll is a that.
1: really good series. It's yeah. Really good series. The shooting. Um female protagonist. It's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um and. if wait, wait, wait. Um, if you could travel anywhere in the world, no limitation on money. Like where would you go right now?
0: Where would I go right now? Um, I really want to visit Japan. I've never been to Japan. I want to eat my way through Japan. I want to eat all the ramen. I want the go sushi. Together. I want to visit the temple. I want to go
2: into the mountains. Like I really want to go to Japan. We should start in Osaka. Cause there is a food theme park there. <gasps> yes. Yes okay castle. Is, that's where i'm going and like, the aquariums yeah. there with the giant japanese salamander
1: yeah okay that's very cool nobody cares about that as much as you do now i just need to clarify that again for you <laughs> for like like i mean the food theme park sounded pretty awesome it sounds awesome and then she's gonna come up with some obscure fact about some obscure creature that nobody gives a shit about and then she's gonna be like you should go see this thing her entire house is fucking frogs and shit. I don't even want to get started. Anymore. I know a ridiculous amount about Brazil and
2: Amazon forest, fauna and flora.
0: Poison okay. dart frogs?
2: And like, earth. do you have a, like, a whole shrine? No, 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 po- don't. Don't. Frog we don't have time. One. Um, More like the Pac-Man frog and the Budgets frog. And- okay.
1: Moving on to the next question Wow. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Mint chocolate chip. It's a good one. Interesting. Interesting. Um, if you could go to any fictional world, where would you want to go?
2: Any fictional world. Um hmm.
1: that cute little teeny bookshelf behind you is not gonna help you.
0: <laughs> no, it's not because it's all my
1: husband's books, actually. It's all his law books. It's, gonna like, it. it's just going to help me. I like it. how she was it's like, this and and it the it look is. on your and face, I was like, was like why did I just turn around?
0: Yeah, it's like, no, it's like maybe I could, like, something would spark. You know, you turn around, look back, like something would spark, but no, nothing's going to spark. um la, Fictional world, fictional read enough fiction i should i should be able to answer this oh just because it's wild um nk jemison's the broken earth trilogy i would like to visit that that was some crazy world build that was that was amazing
1: amazing you know where you know i realized would be really cool to visit too yeah. the world of ready player One.
0: oh uh, i've not actually read that book do
1: i need to read the book oh my god need- write that I- down I- immediately yes Yes. Book one's great. I've not two. had a list so long. No, and,
2: and I wouldn't
1: done. buy the book. I would listen to Will Wheaton read Book One. Yeah, Will Wheaton reads the audiobook. Okay. I All actually right. liked Book Two a little bit, but you're going to just very much the way Katniss oh, so. Everdeen is not a hero. Yeah. The, char- the lead character in Ready Player One is not a hero.
0: Okay. All right, well, this is good because I'm a commuter now, so I need audiobooks. Oh um, Ready Player
1: One, Will Wheaton, one of my favorites. Right. Will Wheaton
2: okay. is the bomb.
1: Um the Alchemist by Jeremy
2: Irons is a good one too.
1: Okay, stop going down a path. We're asking rapid fire questions. That's oh, your job that's right. right
2: now. <clears throat> Do you remember
1: a rapid fire question? I could tell. Uh, how gotten to it.
2: So, as writers, we always have like a, a crutch or a bad habit that we do that our editors like, please stop doing this. And we're like, we can't stop doing it. I'm so sorry. What is your bad habit?
0: um Well, I just really only have just like one. I mean, that I just sometimes like just have to do and like. I just, I don't, I don't really know. I just, I just don't think I have any. Just no. Just, okay. Just do it. That's called
1: being delusional. In case you're wondering what that looks no, I, like, it's I, what you look like right now.
0: Just. I will have a million uses of the word just. Like if you go back and do a search, and I realize I talk with it too. Like I, I
2: use just when I but, talk. Yeah. Um. That's okay. We make her the lead editor because all her non-important like background characters all start with J names.
1: <laughs> I think there are bad habits you can get into. I realize this. I say realize a lot. I don't actually anymore, but that was a really bad habit I had. Now I have a post-it list of bad habits that I have because mine, like Valerie's, change from book to book. So changes from book to the book. last the last one my bad habit was um, forgetting the name of certain characters from one. And so my editor just emailed me and she's like, do you want him to be named this or this? And then I was like, this tells you where a writer is really at. Who? Who?
0: (laughs) Also places. That was another thing in my last book my agent came back and was like, I have no idea how far away anything actually, can they walk there in 10 minutes or an hour? Like I, I really strongly suggest you draw a map. Like when you go back to revise and like know where things are. So I was like, that's important. Nobody, I skim that part. Nobody cares about how long it takes them to walk. So I was like, it's whatever. Um, so like, I just blow off. I don't know where things are located actually. Until someone called me out on it.
2: Yeah, well, even for my fantasy worlds, I have to make a map. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, if it took them only a day to get here to here, and then I decided to put this here, oh man, it's gonna take them like weeks to get down there. They're like, Well, I need a couple more chapters (laughs) because these two boys love each other and they're going to
1: to do things on their way down there. So um, I have another question. And Val, you need to come up with a question because we, oh, we have to round okay. this out. Okay. Um, here's my question. I've now consumed my entire bottle of wine except oh, for this much. So. <laughs> I know, I'm precious. Um, I need you to list the Three Musketeers characters. Who is playing them? Oh, so Athos, Porthos, and Aramis from the original book.
0: And so, for researching jaguars, I did go back and read and realize that wow, Athos is like a raging misogynist, like really hates women, really does. <laughs> like, okay, so they are
1: not as cool in the original book as like Disney and other movie franchises no, Oliver, have made them. Oliver, out Oliver to be. Platt was the best Porthos that ever existed. Amazing, in the world.
0: amazing. Um, so my characters so I don't have a d'artagnan I have three musketeers um and there's Maria Isabel and Victoria and Victoria is more of the d'artagnan character because she is one of the Portuguese immigrants to Rio so the other two like know the streets and Victoria is sort of naive and the one that's like getting into trouble because um she just does not know what's going on um and then Maria is definitely the Athos of the group, and that she's sort of the leader and just the most self-controlled um, of the group, and sort of gives the orders, and everyone looks to her to sort of be the leader. And Isabel is definitely a Porthos. Isabel, yeah, she loves life. She loves okay, to Okay, love. but
1: who's who's who are you casting as them? Oh, who am I casting
0: as them? Ah, um, they're early twenties, um. I my casting. I don't know. I don't know young actresses. I'm old, Erica. I'm old. I don't know who's coming out of the Disney machine. That's like 19 or 20. Um, I, I, hmm. someone, a, a younger, um, and now I'm not going to forget her name. She plays um, the general in Black Panther.
2: Uh, oh. What's her name? God, I know who you're. Oh, talking she
0: played about. Michonne, right? Yes, she played Michonne in Walking Dead. Deny. I love her. It's not something. but but like a 24 year old version of her.
1: That's totally fine. Who are the other two?
0: Um a 24 year old version of Selma Hayek would be Isabel. Ooh. Okay. Um, and then Victoria could be, let's say a Natalie Portman type. I like
1: it. I like it. I like okay. it. okay. Val, you've had plenty of time now to come up with an epic final question. What is your writing ritual? Like
2: everyone has a thing, like needs a certain snack, certain beverage. They have to have a quiet music blaring, or maybe you, you have to be in your PGs with your feet thrown over the top of the couch and you like laying on your back. What is your ritual for writing that works best for you?
0: I have to be dressed and like, it's my job. Like I can't be in my PJs. My brain won't click on. Like my brain won't go into work mode. I, I need to be dressed. I need to have coffee and I need music playing, but without words. I cannot have, it has to be instrumental, a lot of movie soundtracks. I had the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack playing for writing Jaguars. There was a lot of that. Um, And um, yeah, and so then I have to just like put the music on, have my coffee, be like brushed teeth, you know, fully dressed, um, and then I go to work.
1: I love it. That was a boring last question, but I like it.
2: What? Okay. What? I was curious. Everyone says something a little different and it's, and I, in getting dressed, like I did, I found myself doing that today. I'm like, I am dragging ass. I overslept. I'm like, you know what? I am going to put pants on today because otherwise I don't feel like I'm going to get anything done.
1: So do you Just, know what causes me to put on pants every day is a line from mystery men where she says, are you going to put on pants and to continue to fight crime? by the way i honestly
0: don't know how people stay in their pjs and like my brain just is sluggish and like it's just not firing i need to feel like i've gone to work um and i am
1: two um navy seals wrote this book called extreme ownership it's a non-fiction book but it is probably business-wise one of the best books i've ever fucking read and they're hysterical because they actually narrate their own book and they're like these drill sergeant marine type dudes but one of the things that they talk about in that book and it's something my boyfriend does because he works remotely we moved up into the mountains of new uh north carolina I almost said new hampshire that's wrong um and uh one of the things he does though is he gets stressed every day like he gets up he gets stressed every day unlike me who were lucky if i do wear pants during the day um But one of the things it talks about is that you can't actually mentally get engaged if you don't like start your day, like have a routine to start your day and do that. Now, my routine involves putting on enough pants to take out my dogs and then go make coffee and stuff like that. But by pants, it's a very flimsy definition, which may involve, you know, underwear. It's okay. It's fine. (laughs) As long as my bottom's covered, I think we're okay. Um. Good. Shameless self-promotion time, my friend, Britton. where can people find you and your amazing book?
0: All right. Well, you can find Jaguars and Other Game, any place books are sold. You can go to your indie bookstore. You can order from bookshop.org and designate your local indie bookstore. You can find it at Barnes and Noble. You can find it on Amazon. There's a Kindle version. So yeah, wherever books are sold, Jaguars and Other Game. And you can find me at my website, BrynBarino.com or Instagram. That's the social media. That's my preferred social media. And my handle's just at Bryn Barano.
1: And obviously challenge her to Zelda she hasn't yes, done masks The majority so you might have a one-up
0: haven't i'm gonna get all kinds people are gonna track me down i mean all these like dms it's from not- instagram they're gonna let like, you find like what do you mean breath of Wild? majora's mask all the way
1: yes all oh. like, of you create an internet because
0: i have to say this is like my other podcasts i've done they've gravitated more towards the historical fiction and they're kind of serious and they're about research and like, like a PC in history sure. and like that audience doesn't like get mad and slip into your DMS about something unless you get a world war II fact round. Um, so this is like the first time I've been on something where people might actually like get mad and like put me on the correct path.
1: <laughs> That's okay. I'll get emails about this. It's fine. I'll get, this DMs. is. I mean, fandoms, fandoms have passion. So you I know it. it's, It is very interesting when it comes to fandoms, and you'll see this with fandoms of your young adult series that's coming out, is they get very passionate on certain points of things where you go, don't bring this up. Like, I I fucking hate Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm still waiting on that. Luckily, nobody has written me to say that, stop saying that. But, you know, if it's your favorite book of all time, I feel sorry for you. That's what I have to say about that. (laughs) anyway okay guys this has been drinking with authors i have finished an entire bottle of wine which i'm very happy about i'm your host erica lance my co-host who did not drink her entire bottle of wine i can guarantee it because she's not on the floor is are you okay go ahead and interject you can't stop yourself not on the floor really was it that bad after the champagne (laughs) sure no you're fine you're perfectly fine that's what a best friend is supposed to do you were great valerie willis share like and comment uh please and subscribe please guys yeah that's yeah right. cool algorithms our guest is Bryn bernou and we will see you guys next time